Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever. I am your host, Christianta. Over to my actual right, as you cannot see on YouTube, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well. We took a bit of a well, we took some time off from actually talking about baseball, but uh, you know what? We're getting right back into it. We only have, I think, three shows left in the regular season, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, it, that is true. Um, that is true. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 getting about time. I've you know we've we talked about it earlier in the show. We've we've kind of grown a little fatigued of the uh, how about that slightly alarming segments, uh, although. Although I am actually a little excited about my how about that because of his stat cast numbers, but Let's go. but uh, it does get uh, sometimes a little tiring doing that. And we're happy to talk about the playoffs when it when it does indeed happen. But I guess I mean the the one thing uh, I mean the one the I think the the uh, biggest story in in uh, baseball over the past week has been probably still the National League wild card race. Uh, the Padres are seemingly, seemingly dead, which is crazy. Yeah, it it just happened. Like the Yankees might not might miss the playoffs, and they're not even like in contention for most disappointing team this year. Very true, and it's actually pretty funny to to think about watching this um, Padres Giants series because if you if you uh, showed that to me at the beginning of the year, but reversed the Padres and Giants yep. positions. It would make complete sense. I'd be sense. like, yeah, like the Giants are like, you know, they're hanging around. Yeah. And yeah. the Padres, hey, you know what? They they lived up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. Complete competing for that National League West, they might take it home. Who would have thought? Yeah. But it's, not. it's the exact it's the exact opposite. It's not what happened at all. Um, should we talk about the the Machado Tatis thing a little bit since like I guess. I mean I I I don't think it was that big of a deal. Me like, neither. I mean, it was sort of you know, it just happened to come at just a very bad time for the whole team. Mm. Uh, and it was kind of just like one random dude in the dugout got it. Like one random fan next to the dugout just like recorded it. Like we would have had no idea it happened otherwise, which is, I think, kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think uh, I think things like that happen a little more often than, we, mm. than you would assume. And, I mean, I think the fact that Machado called Tatis – the best player in baseball. Uh, While, like, yelling in his face. Yeah, I think that just shows, like, okay, it wasn't, like, the team's not crumbling apart, or, or at least their relationship is yeah. not crumbling like, it's apart. it's not... You don't need to read too much into it. Like, this isn't, like, the beginning of the end. I mean, it's it might be, but not for that reason. Like, that's not necessarily as symbolic as it might look, I don't think. Right, and Machado and Tatis are going to be there together for, for a while. Like, I... I don't know when Machado's first opt-out is. I think it's after, like, five years into that contract. Something like that, yeah. So they're going to have at least a couple years together, and I, I'd imagine 
Machado sticks around San Diego. They're two very similar types of players. I can't imagine they actually hate each other. Like, they probably have a very good relationship, and that was just one bad day. Yeah, and it's and the intensity is just amplified. And, uh, you know, at this point in the year, I don't know what Machado's latest numbers are, but neither of them They're, are, like... Very average, and I mean, like, since August 11th, which is the day that the Padres started going downhill, he literally has a 100-weighted runs created plus. Right, but, and it's, it's not a thing where, like, one can blame the other for, like, whatever the, the, um, both of them are, like, carrying their weight a little bit. Maybe Machado could a little more, but it's not, like, a thing where he's, you know, batting 180 over a... With a 600 OPS over like a two-month span. Like Manny's still one of the better hitters on the team as of late, even with that, even with that 100 weighted runs created plus. Um, just to go over some numbers, like I mentioned, August 11th was the day uh, that the Padres started rolling down the hill. Um, they've lost. I'm, I'm going to check exactly what their record was uh, since then. But anyway, since then they have a NL worst 82 weighted runs created plus. The only team in the majors that's worse than that over that time is the Angels, and then it's the Padres. That's since that's uh, since August 11th. Yep, uh, their record since then is 10 and 26, the worst in the National League. Yeah, and uh, I, I would guess Grisham has a, a bit to do with that. A bit. Yeah, <laughs> Machado hasn't been the only, exactly the only great. Like offensive player that's been consistently playing well is Tatis. He has a 146 weighted runs created plus. No one else was within, like, 40 points of that. That's qualifying, at least. Like, Jake Arrieta has 180 or something. He had <laughs> one single and four at-bats. True. Yeah. It, and he's not even on the team anymore. With the, Padre, with the Padres, it just seems like everyone on that offense has just had their moments and then yeah. kind of slumped at some points. Uh, Trent Grisham, by the way, for, uh, 48 weighted runs created plus, but that's still since... Uh, that's since August 11th, it's not recently. Eric Hosmer with a 90-weighted runs created plus. Victor Caratini with 7. Nice. Yeah, Hassan Kim with 18. Jerickson Profar with 82. Um, let's see, what else here? What else we got? Austin Nola with 70. Adam Frazier with 71. And, wait, what did you say their record was since August 11th? 10 and 26. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Padres have been... Kind of on the same road as the Reds. Well, even even worse than the Reds. I thought the Padres were more of a like a long term slump. But even when you isolate it, it's still extremely bad. Yeah, that's a month and a half of being the worst team in the National League. Yeah, uh, and their Pythagorean win loss is also the worst, which means they have the worst run differential over that time. Like to look and at it's by far to look at the NL West and think the Padres are the are the worst out of that bunch. Yeah. For a month plus. I mean, can you imagine telling someone in the month of April or March or whatever that on September 23rd, the Rockies would be five games behind the Padres? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Like, the Padres were supposed to be a 100-win team, the Rockies were supposed to be a 100-loss team. I don't know if it's saying the Rockies have done great. You know, they're... I will give them credit for, I guess, um, outperforming our expectations on the field this year. But, I mean... If you would have told me they were, would be five games behind the Padres at this point of the season, there's no way I would have believed that. Right. No way. Right. Uh, very true. Like, uh, it is It is a kind of, you know, the the Rockies are outpour, outperforming expectations slightly. It's not even, it's not like they're playing out of their minds. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's extremely 
just extremely disappointing from the Padres. Um, I mean, it's a it's a thing where like where do where do you go from here after this year? Because I don't think they they shouldn't change managers. I think Jace Tingler is oh just fine. That, I, that's the tough part. Like I don't know, is it Preller? I I'm not sure. I mean, like it's very tough to know. Like I don't know how I'd feel if they if they got rid of AJ Preller. I don't, I don't think I want them to get rid of Jace Tingler. I th- I don't think he's the problem. Like I think the the biggest issue here is we don't really know what exactly it is. Is it that maybe it's the hitting coach? Like I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's just uh, it's I don't think it's a really a matter of management. It's just the the players aren't going out and executing. Because that's if, the problem. Like that's you don't know how to fix that in the off season. Yeah, like, that's the thing that you have the least control over as a front office is how the guys actually perform on the field. Yeah, AJ Preller. Did everything he could for this 2021 yeah. team. Like I, I don't know. Like I guess the the one thing you could say is that he didn't do enough of the trade deadline, right? Which is right. definitely fair. But to be fair, Adam Frazier uh, hasn't been holding up his end of the bargain anyway. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that uh, one thing that was mentioned on I think it was I think it's today in baseball with uh, on John Boy Media, hosted by uh, Chris Rose and Trevor Plouffe. Uh, I think Chris Rose made a, a good point, saying that the energy was a little different when the Padres found out that they were not indeed getting Max Scherzer. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, that's not an original take take of mine. It's something I heard from uh, Chris Rose yep. of uh, formerly of an Intentional Talk. Great, uh, great baseball mind. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, he's uh one of the guys you'd want you'd want to sit down and have a conversation with. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, so I mean, I think there. I think a little bit had to do with that. The fact that the Dodgers got got Scherzer and uh, the Padres did not. But I don't know how much. I don't know exactly how much of a difference it would make. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Like back Scherzer or not, that team is way better than ten and twenty six over any thirty six game span. Very true. Like I, I know. Like I, I understand how frustrating it could have been with the reports. And it's tough because I don't even really blame the Padres for not even being able to pull the trigger on that because, like, the Dodgers had a better offer and they got two different players. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, they got Trey Turner. Like, where would, the, where would Trey Turner have fit in the Padres infield? And what would they have had to do if they got him? Yeah, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have fit anywhere in the yeah. Padres, especially after the Adam Frazier trade. Mm-hmm. Um, they, weren't, they weren't just going to kick him out immediately. Yeah, and were they going to, like, I don't know, what would they have... They've already given up a decent amount, man. Like they gave up Luis Patino to get Mackenzie or to get um Blake Snell. Like they've they haven't brought up Mackenzie Gore yet. Like it really feels like the farm system is almost draining for this for a, for a one game above five hundred team. Right, and like uh, you you would have to go full Dombrowski. And uh, for those who don't know the exact lexicon, going full Dombrowski. <laughs> Shout out to history of the English language for that. Uh, <laughs> Going full Dombrowski is just tearing the farm system apart, completely committing to a, a win-now mode uh, scenario. Uh, the the Padres haven't quite done that, but they're getting close. They haven't traded like C.J. Abrams or um, Mackenzie Gore or anything, but it, it's probably the smart thing to do. They still have a very good farm. It's just that the pieces they traded away haven't been good returns on investment. Yeah, very true. And like, look at the... You know, if the Padres might be modeling themselves a little after the Dodgers, like the Dodgers have never completely stripped away their farm system. 
mm-hmm. to uh, go win now. Uh, they still have a, a pretty good farm system. And even when they did, they traded for Max Serger and Trey Turner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the... That's like what they, they traded their best two prospects to get those guys, and what it was Max Serger done? He's been the best pitcher in the league and has had one of the most dominant pitching stretches ever. Yeah, and and we highlighted him uh, two two or three episodes ago. Yeah, I forget whenever he got the three thousand strikeouts, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, think about all the po- all the moves the Padres have made in the past about twelve months and change. Yeah. You know, Austin Nola, Mike Clevenger. You know the the Clevenger situation. Clevenger was you, you know you could not different. have really for you couldn't have really forecasted. I mean, maybe, maybe there were some lingering issues, but um, maybe that move will look a little better when he's when he's fully healthy by next year. Hopefully, uh, along with that, you know, you go into the off season. You get Blake Snell. You get you Darvish. Uh, you get uh, some bullpen help with Mark Melanson, who's worked out. Uh, pretty well, at least, you know, on the field statistics-wise. You know, how much... I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody. They extended Tatis. I mean, A.J. Preller's done pretty much everything you could ask for. And and I don't think it's a a Jace Tingler problem yet. He was someone that both of us thought should have been manager of the year in 2020. Uh, So, I mean, I feel like the Padres are just at a little bit of a stalemate. Uh, just currently, just to go over some of their pitching stats, uh, they are, I believe, 25th in the majors in pitching F WAR since August 11th. The only guy that's really been consistently good for them is Blake Snell, who mm-hmm. is a 2.23 ERA. Uh, Nabil Chrismat's also been all right, 2.180 ERA in 20 innings pitched. But other than that, Yu Darvish has a 7 ERA over his last 28 innings pitched. But to be fair, he is a little unlucky. That's mostly because of his strikeout numbers. Uh, he is a 4.96 FIP though. That's still not what you want. Right, right, exactly. You don't want that at all. Um, Daniel Hudson's been walking a decent amount of guys, and he's been giving up some home runs. But uh, he still is. He also has a three thirty three bat up against, which isn't great. But you know, still it's the same thing. Um, then who else? Who else? Joe Musgrove has been uh, regressing with a four one nine ERA, four seven four FIP. And uh, I guess that's it for like some of the bigger names. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's very, very odd. Uh, and, you know, this offseason is going to be interesting for the Padres because it's like, you know, how much more the, how much more can they do? Is it a thing where, like, you just try to forget about this past year and, and start on a new slate next year? I feel like the public perception of the Padres going into next year, like, I don't think they can win because either they're going to do a lot and people are just going to say it's going to be a repeat of 2021 where they get a bunch of guys and they don't perform well, or they're not going to do anything and we're going to be like, wow, why didn't Preller do stuff? Do you see the two teams ahead of them in that division? Like, do you really think this team can compete? Yeah. Like, I think no matter what the Padres do this offseason, we're going to look at that team through the lens of what happened in 2021. Yeah, I agree. I, that's a that's a good point you make because it's like, yeah, you're right. You, they can't really win. Because if they if they go out and make a splash, it's gonna be like all this all this for a third place finish. That's mm-hmm. that's gonna be the meme that's gonna yeah. be going around. Like get ready for that. Yeah, it's probably gonna be annoying to be a Padres fan on the internet over the off season. Um, but you know what? The Padres Padres fan base was annoying this past off season as well. <laughs> so you you get I'm, you, you I'm, got what's coming to you. I'm blaming all this on those kids who made who make those rap videos. 
True. I yeah. think I think we need to be talking a lot about that. It's been all downhill since then. Because technically, the team is under 500 since they first started doing it. Because it was before the Dodgers series in the playoffs. They got swept in three. Now they're one game over 500. Yeah, they're 76 and 78. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we just found the answer right there. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we've mentioned, you know, weighted runs created plus, ERA, FIP, but there's no metric to uh, really quantify how bad of an effect those rap videos had. And that's that's it. I mean, you said it. Like, it's been, you know, like I said, they didn't win a single game in 2020 after they put out the first one. They kept doing them this year. Look what we got, 76 and 75, virtually out of playoff contention with more than a week left in the season. Yeah, the... Um... The XRAP is just very bad. Yep. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to create a, a rap stat. But yeah, those videos, you know, they were tough. They were a little, and it, it didn't, it didn't help the Padres at all. We know that. No. We know that for sure. Um, I think another, another, uh, I think another thing that needs to be talked about as well is, you know, over the past few weeks, or over the past few weeks before entering like last week, all we were talking about was Reds Padres and how they were going to compete. Eventually, it's become the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, facts. Because the Reds have <laughs> have done... The same thing. Exactly the same thing as the Padres. Exactly the same thing as the Padres. They've gone 9-17 and in their last... 26 games uh i'm looking through the schedule and one of the things we one of the reasons we were high on the reds was because we looked at their strength of schedule and it, it was always like they have the second easiest road ahead or third easiest road ahead and they have just not taken advantage of that whatsoever let's let's go down let's go down since august 24th 24th. that's what i'm looking at uh as they have not won a series since i guess technically you could say august 21st um, when uh, they wo- that they won their second game against Miami, so since August twenty fourth, they lost a series against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. That's going to happen. Uh, but then they go to Miami, they lose a series there, they lose a series at home against the Cardinals, they lose a series at home against the Tigers, and we you know we know the Tigers are May since May eighth contenders. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, you know it's a series at home and you're a playoff contender. You should. Take two out of three from the Tigers. Uh, then they go to Wrigley with that Ted dead team. They lose two out of three there. They go to Bush Stadium in St. Louis. They lose uh, They lose a series uh, there. They go to Pittsburgh, and they lose a series there. And uh, they lost a series against the Dodgers at home, hosting the Dodgers. And then uh, they have split They split their series against Pittsburgh um, this past week. Uh, but uh, a rain delay stopped the third game, so they could not lose that series as they as they split it. But they've been nine and seventeen. They've not been facing good competition. Um, you want to guess who the best hitter on the team is over this time? And like not pitchers, I mean like actually like hitters. Um, I think I might have taken a peek. Uh, it's not it's not Votto. Uh, He's the second best. Is it? Um, I don't think it's Jonathan India. It's is it Jesse Winker? It's Suarez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he finally he finally broke out. All it took was the rest of the team. 
you know, if you want Suarez, you're going to have to take the entire rest of the roster. Yeah, talk, um, talk about isolation. The Reds also have the second lowest weighted runs created plus in the majors since their select date. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I, I saw. And um, Since when did Ostrubel Cabrera sign with them? Uh, I don't know. That happen? He's had 23 PAs since August 24th. He's slashing... He's slashing 0-0-0-8-7-0-0-0-8-7 for a negative 74 weighted runs created plus. Nice. 23 plate appearances. Two RBI, though. There we go. Okay. There we go. But, uh, yeah, Cincinnati, it, you mentioned they have the uh, they have the lowest weighted runs created plus. Or second, second, second lowest weighted runs created plus. They're one better than the Diamondbacks. One better than the Diamondbacks, who is it? You know that's not company you want to be in. Exactly, that's, uh, they're looking for the number one pick. Yeah, <laughs> not not the company you want to be in at this point in the year. And something I noticed is like, you know, I, I saw Vado was doing okay. He's a one twenty nine. In, in uh, India was doing okay. Uh, I think Winker was doing okay. I think it's like a lot of the bottom of the order. So since August twenty third, they're they're six, seven, and eight hitters. You know, whoever lands in that spot. Uh, have a 571 OPS and a 50 weighted runs created plus. Uh, both of those are last in the National League. So I think it's a lot of, you know, their their offense has been a little too top-heavy is uh, is part of it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, their their 9-17 record ranks fourth worst in the National League uh, over that time and also fifth worst in the majors. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a thing where, at least since since August 23rd or whatever, I would argue the Reds have blown it worse than the Padres because of who they were facing. Padres, we've emphasized... And they had the momentum. Yeah, they had the momentum, too. That's a good point. Like the Padres were kind of staggering between like the months of June through August before they just went on that huge downward, downward spiral. The Reds emerged had the momentum, and then just blew it. And at the same time, the Cardinals have won 11 in a row. Right. Really, they have won 11 in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty wild. Um, so, yeah, the, the Reds should be of equal... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Of equal slander? Not, not exactly the word I'm looking for. Uh, blame? Not exactly the word. <laughs> you, you know, that general category of words... But yeah, the Reds should uh, be equally ostracized, equally criticized, yeah, equally criticized uh, because of you know they were riding momentum. They were probably at one point a couple games ahead of the Padres, probably at points like five games ahead of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and uh, and they 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 simply blew it. They simply blew it, uh, and it's it's not it's not exactly clear why. It's just overall. It is bad team performance. Yeah, it's very weird. It was just very random. Um, maybe, I mean, I think, yeah, I think the offense is probably the thing you could most look at. You know, second worst way to run created plus in baseball is pretty bad. Uh, um, the White Sox are about to uh, win the division, by the way. That's That's good. That's yeah, cool. are, we still, are we still talking about the Reds or? Um, I feel like we got everything out. I think yeah, I think <laughs> that reminds me of the Terry Collins video. You got everything out. You got everything <laughs> out. 
It's, we can go. All right. That's, that's true. Um, Anytime I hear Terry, like the name Terry, <laughs> I, I automatically think of him. Terry, Terry, Terry. Um, we were in class today, and we were our professor was going over uh, like an Army-Navy game from like the 60s, and they were like, they had some guy named Staubach at quarterback, and I was like, Terry Staubach? <laughs> from the A's? <laughs> right? I think it was Steinbeck. Yeah. Yeah, Terry Steinbeck. It was Steinbeck, but it was very similar, and I was just like, that guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but we, I think we, I think we got everything about out about the Reds because it's not a crazy statistical analysis, other than nine and seventeen in the, the last twenty six. Okay. Yeah, it's been okay. Like Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. uh, Luis Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. They've been doing all right. Uh, I think bullpen. I don't think the bullpen's been doing really bad. all, that, all yeah, that bad. They're kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. I haven't it's it hasn't been a case of like um you know certain points in the year we like, like when the when the A's were just blowing games up the wazoo for like 2 weeks <laughs> it hasn't been like that uh <laughs> that. the A's that's another team that fell off yeah and also they were a victim of of you of me <laughs> and the blue jays yeah they were the blue jays i mean marcus Simeon alone cuz i mean ruined them I mean, what are the what are the A's on pace to finish as? They're still probably going to be like an 89-90 win team. Yeah, but I mean, they're three games out of a playoff spot right now. They just they're in danger of getting swept at home by the Mariners today. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, the Mariners have been playing some good ball recently. I think they have like the second best record in the AL over the last like month or so. So yeah, the the A's are are projected to be an 87 win team. So it's just like they didn't they didn't like fall off the face of the earth like the Padres or the they Reds. They just didn't keep pace. They just didn't keep pace. Ex- yep. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's a team that just yeah didn't keep up in the Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays were able to you know storm in and just kind of take over, but they are I think they're a half game out now at this point. By the way, the Mariners have won four in a row. They're only two and a half games out of the second wild card. I know they have two. You know they have they have to leapfrog the Blue Jays and the Yankees, which is, would be difficult. Yeah. But how many did you say? Two and two and a half. Two. They play. They play the A's today. It's gonna be a tough matchup, though. It's Yusei Kikuchi versus uh, Chris Bassett coming off the IL. Yeah, I think. His injury. I think we should outlook. What each of these wild card contenders' upcoming schedules are? Uh, I'll start. Well, we're talking about the Mariners. Oh, the Mariners go to. You know what? This could be interesting. The Mariners go to. So they have two more series against the Angels. The Angels have been free falling, like they've been playing one of some of their worst baseball as of late. They yeah. play. They go to Anaheim this weekend to face the Angels. Next week, they. What do they do? What do they do? They play the A's at home. And then they go. Then they play the Mariners, or they play the Angels at home. Like they have a, if they, if they play good enough ball, we could be talking about a Seattle Mariners wild card appearance. First time in twenty years. Yes. Uh, Red Sox have Yankees at Fenway, and then at Baltimore at Washington. So that's something to be optimistic about, uh, Red Sox wise, unless they do like significantly poorly against the Yankees. Uh, Blue Jays, I think, are done with the Rays. Yes. Uh, so after, that's good for after them. After Cardgate. Uh, wait, what? Do you see that? Uh, no. So in the game on, I think, Monday or Tuesday. No, it was Monday. 
Uh, Kevin Kiermaier slid into home plate, and Alejandro Kirk dropped, like, a piece of paper out of his back pocket, and it was, like, the scouting report on all the hitters, and he didn't realize that he took it out, so Kiermaier just picked it up and just, like, just took it back with him, and I guess the Blue Jays were super angry about that because, like, that's the one, like, if there's one sheet of paper they wouldn't want the Rays to have, it's that one, and they ended up plunking Kiermaier yesterday. Oh. You didn't see this? No, I've been, honestly, over the past, like, couple weeks, I've been a little out of it. Yeah, but uh, that happened this week. Uh, that's actually very interesting, because it's, like... It's funny, because, like, there's no investigation that can open up. Like, the Rays are not going to get penalized because of this. Yeah, that's the thing where it's, like, you, you like the you like the uh, things being played out on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why the Blue Jays would plunk Kiermaier there. Mm-hmm. I understand it a little. I also understand why Kiermaier would take that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, why not? Like, Kirk was walking... So, Kirk was, like, walking away from the play. Kiermaier just scored. He was like, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It's in Tropicana Field. Who's going to see it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's very true. Not a lot of witnesses. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I think that's a factor Kiermaier had. There's in definitely head. no Blue Jays witnesses, like, fan-wise. Yeah. They've been, there's many people they've been, traveling down there locked up for like 18 months um uh the uh the blue jays meanwhile they're at minnesota for four games that's good for them good for them uh bad pitching so that's very good for them a bad pitching against them uh then they go back to rogers center to face the yankees for three and then they close out with the orioles for three so similar schedule strength to the red sox teams and the yankees and then the Yankees have to face both the Blue Jays and Red Sox, obviously. And, and then, then the race. And then, oh, wow. Yeah, the Yankees have a tough schedule to finish off. Like, they're going to have to play some... I mean, they just they just swept the Rangers, which, you know, I mean, it is the Rangers, but they took they did what they needed to, to do. I mean, they literally, what, they they lost a series to the Orioles recently. They've lost to some, some bad teams. So, and, you know, you can say whatever you want about the Rangers, but... There have been plenty of times where this this season where they played down to competition. They didn't do it here at a time where they absolutely couldn't. Right, right. They, I mean, they lost. Uh, they lost at, at least one series against the Orioles in the past month. Yeah, it was at Yankee Stadium too. Yeah, that's you know. So luckily for them, they stepped it up and were able to do what they needed to do against the against the Rangers. But yeah, tough tough road ahead for the Yankees. Um, they they've got. You know, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays. That's uh, and Rays or uh, Blue Jays and Red Sox are both on the road. I think Ray, Rays should be at the Bronx. I would think. I don't think they're closing out with. Yeah, any. no, they're, it's it's in the Bronx. Yeah, I, they wouldn't close out with a nine-game road stretch, but uh, pretty pretty interesting. So that's kind of kind of where we're at. Uh, Shout out to I think that's WB Mason out there. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, who um, who but who but who but WB Mason. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the outlook for the AL uh, wild card picture as it stands now, as of this recording. Red Sox and Yankees are in. Red Sox have a game and a half advantage for the home game, and the Blue Jays are a half game out on. Yankees and I think the other the other race I want to get a little bit of an outlook on is NL West as NL East too. NL East, yeah, NL East is uh Braves are still hanging around. Braves are three ahead and uh in the NL West the Giants are two ahead. 
Uh, so I'm looking at the Giants here on the schedule. Let's take a look, scroll down. Uh, what is their schedule they have? Uh, so they close out the series today against the Padres. That's probably going to be happening as this... Uh, that, that could be their 100th win, Logan Webb versus Hugh Darvish today. Uh, right, right. Two very different uh, trending pitchers. Then they go at Colorado versus Arizona versus uh, San Diego. And, and at Colorado is tough. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, especially the way the Rockies have played at home this year. Yeah, uh, and, and their offense. So that's by no means a uh, you know just a roll over there. And then Dodgers. Meanwhile, their schedule is going to be. That's not their schedule. They play the Padres. Um, they do play the Padres for next three. Week. Yeah, they play the Brewers at the end of the season. And I don't know off the top of my head who they play this weekend. So the Dodgers end their series at Colorado at 3 p.m. today as of the recording. Then they go at Arizona versus San Diego versus Milwaukee to end the year. So I think Dodgers have a little bit of a tougher path. So I think the, yeah. the Giants, it, it would be surprising if the Dodgers took over at this point. With They're only, what, like two games out? Two games out. They could. If, yeah. It's crazy. The Dodgers, I think, I think uh, Fabian Ardaya of the Athletics tweeted like they're like thirty four and nineteen over like a stretch or something. They've gained like a one game on the Dodgers or on the Giants. Yeah, and I think they had a thirteen and two stretch where like the exact same yeah. thing happened. Uh, like the Giants just just kept playing well, which it, is wild. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable for sure. Um, yeah, they've just. Uh, the Dodgers have just been unlucky in terms of how the Giants have played. Um, and the Braves, they are... And also, this could be a situation like 2018 where you get, uh, you know, tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for a game 163. I always am. Oh, yeah. Do- yeah, Dodgers-Giants. Give me give me something on that Monday before wildcard week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up for that for sure. Uh, the Braves finish their series at Arizona today at 340. Uh, then they go at San Diego versus Philadelphia for three. So that's gonna be a big series. That's gonna be big. Uh, that's a that's like do or die for the Phillies. And then uh, after that, the Braves close it out at Truist Park against the Mets. You know that that Phillies Braves like that could be a legacy defining moment for like this era of Phillies. Because True. we've seen them disappoint and frustrate us time and time again, and this season it feels like they've just been setting up for it. Like they, you know, they had to leave the Annalise at that one time, and they got swept in Arizona by the Diamondbacks. Like their bullpen has still been their bullpen. Like they can flip the script on everything if they can pull through and win this division. True, and especially especially in Bryce Harper's MVP year. And the Phillies have Phillies have a decent road ahead. They've got four against the uh, Pirates, which starts tonight. That is in Citizens Bank Park. Then they go Atlanta as go at Atlanta uh, as previously mentioned, and they close it out in Miami, uh, which is not a gimme, but it is uh, it is the last place Marlins. So you know, I think the Nationals are in last. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yep. The Nationals are one game behind the Marlins. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely. 
looking at the schedules, it's like the NL East, I'm definitely going to keep a, a bit of an eye on considering uh, the Phillies schedule ahead. Um, all right. So that's the outlook presented by WB Mason. <laughs> Who but WB Mason? Um, all right. So I guess that leads into players to highlight. Anything, anything, any more news that happened? I don't think so. I mean, I talked about Cardgate brief, briefly. We talked about all the teams. What's I, remaining? I learned about Cardgate. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess that leads into the Monday, September... T- or no, it's not Monday. It's Thursday. Thursday, because we didn't have a Monday. Yep. Uh, how about that thing? Our Thursday, September 23rd, 2021 edition of... Uh, so who do you got for us today? So I had to uh, overcome some hurdles to get this hop out that. And by hurdles, I mean tweeting about him in a way that apparently upsets people. I'm talking <laughs> about Bobby Dahlbeck, who is slashing nice. 330, 420, 806, 1226 since August 11th. His 217 weighted runs created plus in that time leads the majors. Bobby Dahlbeck has been the best hitter in the major leagues over the last month and a half. In this span since August 11th, his walk rate is... 10.9% and his strikeout rate is 23.5%. Before this span, his walk rate was 4.8%. It's gone up over 6%. And his strikeout rate was 37.9%, which was the highest of the 181 players with at least... Uh, with at least... I definitely messed up that uh, that qualifier. It definitely isn't the 181 players with 10 batted balls. <laughs> uh, I, think it's like, I think it's like 300 plate appearances. Anyway, uh, also since that date, he is hitting 360 and slugging 920 and has a 540 WOBA against breaking balls. That 920 slugging and 540 WOBA lead the 236 hitters who have seen at least 100 breaking balls in that time. And he is also set to play in his 150th career game tomorrow. And once he does that, he will become the fourth Red Sox player with a 500 slugging percentage and 30 home runs in their first 150 games, joining Ted Williams, Tony Canigliaro, and Will Droppo. All right. And, well, it, it could be not true if he goes 0 for 38 tonight. Yeah, I mean, in he a, have, uh, he's in, at 516, so it would be quite the drop. In an 81-inning affair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's... He he's he's probably he probably was a little overdue for uh for a how about that from us. But he's been mm-hmm. uh extremely good and you know, I mean, a little late. He will not be rookie of the year as I thought he would be, but he's making making it look a little better of a prediction. Uh, I have so, no idea who's gonna win rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, me neither. <laughs> like it won't be. You know what sucks too? Like Wander. I don't know if Wander is gonna come back or not. But, like, he was four games away from tying Mickey Mantle's uh, on-base streak for players under 21. Yeah, it was really unfortunate what it happened. It sucks that he's not going to get there because of injury. And then, obviously, next season he's going to be 21, so. Uh, yeah, that that does stink. Um, very, very bad. Um, my how about that? I'm sticking in the AL wildcard race. Uh, I'm looking at Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who in the month of September is hitting 360 with an 1184 OPS. Out of the 176 qualifiers in September, his slugging percentage 
ranks second and his OPS ranks fourth. And despite him hitting 360 in the span, his expected batting average is still higher by 20 points. Uh, before the span, his average exit velocity was 88.3 miles per hour. And in the span, it is 95.0 miles per hour. It's up 6.7 miles per hour. Averaging a hard hit ball. Averaging a hard hit ball, yes. Uh, before the span also, his hard hit rate was 38.5%. And in the span, it is 68.9%. Uh, over two-thirds of his batted balls are hard hit. Uh, before the span, his barrel rate was 7.4%. And in the span, his barrel rate is 24.6%. And uh, along with that, his walk rate in the span has gone from 5% before the span and 11% uh, in September, which is when the span started. And out of 117 players with 50-plus batted balls in the month of September, Gurriel Jr.'s average exit velocity ranks 6th. Uh, he is first in hard hit rate, and his barrel rate is second behind Bryce Harper, who will likely win MVP. So, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. getting a... Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that a comeback special? It is an ARR comeback yeah. special, as he was a slightly alarming of mine. Way back. Uh, yeah, way back. It Probably. was before we went home for summer break, because I remember we were in the other room across campus. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That was about four months ago. So mm-hmm. he has come back around, and he was both of our players to watch. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Put suckers in beers. Speaking uh, of NL MVP, or I think I know. I think I can guess who the finalists are going to be. Um, based on, like, the F4 leaderboards? I think it's going to be Harper, Soto, and Burns. Burns. Yeah. I think Burns is going to get top three. So you're leaving uh, Tatis out of it? I am, because of the injury. And then I'm also leaving Muncy out of it. I'd have to look into it a little more. Uh, but, yeah. Like, I, mean, I feel like... It's not... Yeah, it's... Uh, it's Yeah, I think it's a, an interesting... I mean, Soto has, what, like a 530 on-base percentage in the second half? Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I, I know, uh, I was actually looking at it earlier, the, the top three uh, NL position players in F4 are uh, Harper, Soto, and Tatis in that order. But I believe Burns, Burns might have a higher F4 than all of them. Uh, that would make sense, because he has, like, one of the all-time greatest fits. Yeah. Yeah, so something something to consider. It's just a matter of uh, this the Cy Young vote and MVP vote is going to teach us a lot about like what what voters might think about underlying numbers or what have you. I think it's going to be true. That is very true. It might be a big moment in the voting history. Yeah, I mean that that's going to be a big moment for for progressive, you know, for progressive thinking for yeah the new age. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I do think Burns is gonna win it though. I do have some optimism in that. Also, I think what should make you a little optimistic uh, about the Burns pick is also 2018 AL Cy Young uh, vote. I think Snell had like 34 less innings than Verlander, and mm-hmm. Snell was still able to win because of his. But it was mostly because of his ERA, not exactly like FIP or, or what have you. Burns still needs four innings pitched to qualify for this season. Right. He's right. at 158. That is true. Um, so now we go from the highs to the lows, where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming. So now for my 
Uh, now for our Thursday, September 23rd, 2021 edition of... Uh, what do you have for us today? So, I am talking about a guy who I talk about a lot on this show, and this is an overdue slightly alarming, so I'll just I'll just do it. Carlos Santana. Mm. Um, hasn't been the Carlos Santana I like to see. Uh, since July 9th, he's slashing 162, 238, 240, 478. His 33 weighted runs created plus is second worst among the 147 qualifiers over that time. The only person worse than him is Cody Bellinger, another slightly alarming, which is the 24th highest of the 235 hitters with at least 100 batted balls since then. And out of the, the 23 players that are ahead of him, all of them are ahead of him in sprint speed, and all but four are in the top 50 percentile. So he's not drawing the walks that he's supposed to, and he's hitting the ball on the ground when he's a 60th percentile sprint speed DH. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Santana. That's not what, oh, that's not what Carlos Santana gets. That's... My bad. Awkward. <laughs> Carlos <laughs> with a 478 OPS. <laughs> Carlos Santana. Uh, <laughs> Surprised that that hasn't happened before. We almost made it two seasons. Honestly, you know, I'm I'm proud that I'm proud of the you know I'm not I'm not upset that that happened. I'm proud the streak was so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it'd be very funny if you did that for Trent Christian last week. Because honestly, that was deserving of a how about that too. Because you did have a how about that. Yeah. In terms of, it was like you the know only the worst, arguably the worst nine game stretch in the history of the San Diego Padres by position players. Yeah, and you had a, a thing on like, it was like the, the only thing with a, certain low batting average, certain low OBP, certain low, slugging. So it was. It was kind of a how about that, but it was for a slightly alarming. It was very bad. It was it was more than slightly alarming. Yeah, it was. Very it was, alarming. It was actually very alarming. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's that's what that's what it should be called when we give someone multiple slightly alarming instead of pros. <laughs> actually, yeah, I agree with that. Conforto, very alarming. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Riley got how about these, and Michael Conforto was very alarming. <laughs> We're gonna retro retroactively change that, even though we it was will. like two months ago. We'll we'll do that. I mean, it, it only happened once. So, <laughs> um, my slightly alarming is someone who I've been pumping up since we were in that <laughs> studio, uh, and who has just been having a terrible eight starts. I'm talking about Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, you know, Blue Jay. How about that, Blue Jay? Slightly alarming as well. Uh, and he's someone who probably, I would say, probably shouldn't be in the playoff rotation when that comes around, unless he turns it around in his next two starts, because in his last eight starts, he has an 8.10 ERA and a 5.12 FIP. Out of, out of the 111 pitchers who have pitched 30-plus innings pitch in this eight-start span, his ERA is the second highest. Uh, along with that, entering this year, since 2017, his highest hard hit rate or I guess what I should say is his highest hard hit rate from 2017 to 2020 was 31.4%. But in this eight-start span, his hard hit rate is 49.2%. Almost almost half of the hard hit balls against, uh, almost half of the batted balls against him are hard hit. 
and that is not a recipe for success when you are not a, a strikeout pitcher. Um, you know, like it it wouldn't matter so much having that high of a hard hit rate if you were Corbin Burns, uh, let's say. Uh, and uh, also in this span, hitters are doing particularly well against his curveball, where they are 4 for 8 with two home runs and a 1250 slugging percentage against that curveball. So, Hyunjin Ryu. Slightly alarming. Um, unfortunate, you know, but he's, he's someone, I, someone I had to do. Uh, so, uh, that does it for players to highlight for good and bad reasons. Now we will get into a preview of the weekend ahead. We've got some good baseball coming up. Uh, I will go over the series to watch. Daniel will go over the day-by-day matchups. Uh, I think the obvious series to watch this weekend is Red Sox-Yankees. They currently both own uh, wild card spots in this American League playoff picture. That's going to be by and large, the most important series of the weekend. And uh, what else? Uh, you got to talk about Rangers-Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rangers-Orioles, let's take a look at their uh, at their record. I mean, maybe the range. you know, you got the Orioles here. They're competing. Uh, they're trying <laughs> to get, <laughs> they're trying to get that number one spot. Uh, they're trying to repeat. It's them in Arizona. They're trying to repeat as the twenty, you know, or not repeat, but they're trying to take it back to twenty nineteen, or, uh, or twenty eighteen. Actually, they got the twenty nineteen first pick. Uh, they're trying to bring it back to twenty eighteen and and you know, uh, reach that dynasty. Go two two times in four years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I guess the other series to watch is Padres Braves. Uh, mostly for the Braves, I would mostly, say. Yeah, wow, Padres are just not even doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, what do you got for the day by day matchups? So on Thursday, first of all, Max Serger is pitching right now. That's uh, another person who I think he could be in the MVP race as well. Uh, his ERA currently sits at two hundred seven. We could look be looking at a sub two by the end of the day. Right. And I mean, with the amount of time it's been since he's given up a run, it's very possible. Chris Bassett is currently making his return to the mound. That game is about to start. Um, you have... What do you have? What do you have? Stephen Matz versus Michael Pineda in Blue Jays and Twins. Lance McCullers Jr. versus Alex Cobb in uh, Angel, Astros Angels. Um, Alex Cobb has actually been a lot better than most people realize. Aaron Nola will be going for the Phillies against the Pirates. And matchup of the night of the afternoon, I said... Oh, actually, Luis Castillo also pitching for the Reds. Matchup of the day comes from the aforementioned Giants-Padres, Logan Webb versus Yu Darvish start. So you go into Friday. As you start your weekend, Jack Flaherty will, will be pitching the second end of the doubleheader for the Cardinals at Wrigley against the Cubs. You have um, Sonny Gray pitching for the Reds against the Nationals. You have, Ooh, that's a good matchup. I don't know if it's matchup of the night, though. You have Dylan Cease versus Shane Bieber in uh, White Sox and Indians, a.k.a. Cardians. You have Carlos Hernandez of the Royals, who is a flamethrower who a lot of people don't exactly know about. He's an interesting guy going into next year. He'll be facing off against Casey Mize in Royals and Tigers. You have Alex Wood pitching for the Giants against the Rockies. You have Eric Lauer pitching for the uh, Brewers against the Mets. You have Jose Barrios pitching against his former team in Minnesota. Yeah. You got his homecoming. You have Logan Gilbert pitching for the Mariners against the Angels. He's been trending better lately. 
You have Tony Gonsolin pitching for the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. Max Fried pitching for the Braves against the Padres. Frankie Montas pitching for the Athletics against the Astros. Match of the night comes from Red Sox Yankees. You have Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi. Poss- uh, possibly a wild card preview. Yeah, Nathan Eovaldi, by the way, trending pretty well. And like, and also has much better stats at home. Yeah, and uh, I mean, extremely good fit, which that, yeah. might have a little something to do with like the, the description. The discrepancy might have a little to do with uh, the Red Sox defense, as has been kind of bad this year, at least with advanced metrics. And then, uh, I mean, the first year of that Eovaldi contract, we were like, "This sucks." We were like, "This is this is not living up." But he's kind of lived up to the contract, yes, yeah. which I is mean, nice. All star this year, uh, AL leading two seven two FIP. Only problem is he has a bad against that's brutal. Yeah, I didn't mean to take over that. It's just I wrote. No, no, no. I wrote a. Yeah. I, I wrote a thing and bef- I wrote a thing why why you should love the Nathan Eovaldi deal, and I feel redeemed a little bit this year. Uh, you wrote it in 2018. I wrote it when they signed him in, tw- in uh, yeah. 2018. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so going into Saturday, you have Nestor Cortez pitching for the Yankees against the Red Sox. You have John Lester pitching for the Cardinals against the Cubs. That's another homecoming. Oh yeah, it's weird. He was there very recently. It's <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Um, Ranger Suarez will be going for the Phillies against the Pirates. Sean Manaya will be going for the A's against the Astros. You have that's a good matchup. You have John Means going for the Orioles against the Rangers. You have Rich Hill versus Corbin Burns. That's uh, two different types of pitchers. That's the way to say it. <laughs> Rich Hill versus Corbin Burns. <laughs> I, uh, I want to see some overlays yeah. by Pitching Ninja. You have Robbie Ray facing the Twins in what could be his Cy Young audition. You have Lance Lynn pitching for the White Sox against the Indians. You have Huskari and Noah pitching for the Braves against the Padres. You have Kershaw versus Gallen in Dodgers and Diamondbacks. Anthony DiSclefani facing John Gray in uh, Rockies versus Giants, Giants-Rockies. Match of the night comes from the All Florida series, Marlins Rays, where you have Sandy Alcantara versus Shane McClanahan. Sandy Alcantara, yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. Watch for that radar gun. <laughs> I think I think uh, McClanahan throws like pretty fast-ish. No, I'm I'm being serious. Yeah. I'm not even being facetious on that. Like Alcantara throws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alcantara. Yeah. What am I talking about? Alcantara Alcantara throws 100 and McClan. Yeah. Usually I'm being sarcastic when I say something like that. But (laughs) no, seriously. That's a. No, for real, though. That's a good stat cast matchup. On Sunday, you have Josh Rogers facing off against Tyler Molly in the finale of Nationals Reds. You have Jesus Lazardo and Shane Baz facing each other, two young guys in the All Florida series. You have Carrasco versus Peralta in Mets Brewers. You have Manoa going for the Blue Jays against the Twins. You have Kevin Gosman versus Antonio Sanzatella in Rockies and Giants. You have Marco Gonzalez going for the Mariners against the Angels. You have Julio Urias going for win number 19 against the Diamondbacks. Matchup of the day comes from White Sox and Indians. Lucas Giolito versus Tristan McKenzie. I, I need to see Urias get 20 wins and not even finish like top five <laughs> in the Cy Young Yep. Because <laughs> what's Corbin Burns' record? Probably not that good. I, and I think Wheeler's Wheeler's Zach Wheeler's record is not great uh, either. Ten and four. I mean, it's still good, but it's good win percentage wise. Yeah. But like, yeah, Zach Wheeler is fourteen and nine. Oh, he's won four in a row. Uh, didn't know that. 
Dude, a one eight, a one five eight fifth. Crazy. That's <laughs> not supposed to happen ever. Um. So yeah, I guess that uh, the yeah that was Sunday that you just finished, right? Yep. So yeah, that does it for the 151st installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And we hope to... By the way, uh, shout out to Adam Wainwright on getting his 2,000 strikeout just now. Yeah, congratulations to him. Big time. Needed that one today. He got that one. He did. Uh, after failing to do it with three left, he is uh, he's accomplished his goal. Um, so yeah, he he's been he was a how about that. He's been having a, a pretty nice resurgence at least this year. So shout out to him, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on Monday for what should be a very very good episode, uh, where we're going to be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.